Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 17 through 21. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. God, thank you for your word. Help us dedicate time to slow down and walk in the way that leads to your love. Thank you, Brian. I want to say uh, hey to all of you out there, and I want to thank our students today. Uh, A lot of you got to eat cereal before this service, and it's also a fundraiser for their mission trip this summer. And so I hope you found your favorite cereal out there today, or at least one of them. Now, for all of you who are about to eat cereal at home, uh, I just want to ask you, do you always smell the milk before you pour it? Now, I have to confess that I do not, but I do know that if your milk comes out chunky, that's not a good thing. Anyway, today and for the rest of uh, Lent, we're going to use this Sabbath blessing prayer written by Pete Gregg. We'll put it on the screen. Let's pray it together. May this day bring Sabbath rest to my heart and my home. May God's image in me be restored and my imagination in God be restoried. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May I know the grace to embrace my own finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. May God's word feed me and his spirit lead me into the week and into the life to come. Amen. <clears throat> I usually go to our Omaha Zoo once a year, and, uh, but when I go, it is always a spiritual experience for me. Well, you know, when I, when I enter the giraffe barn and see these graceful, elegant creatures... I'm, I'm amazed. And, and I watch the, the playful sea lions uh, swimming like underwater acrobats. I, I'm amazed. And, and I see the, the luminous, brainless jellyfish pulsing and propelling themselves forward. It's like a symphony of the sea. When I see playful penguins, lazy lions, and loopy lemurs, my heart just is filled with praise. So whenever I go to the zoo, I am overwhelmed with a, a childlike wonder at the glory of God. 
This is week three in our series called Be Still. And uh, it's about spending some daily quiet time with God. And today's message is about nurturing a sense of wonder. Today and the rest of the month, we'll also be giving out these uh, wristbands uh, with the words, Be Still. And actually, I'm wearing the same sweater I was in the picture. Be Still. Uh, We have two sizes, adult and child, and the adult ones are in baskets kind of all around the foyer fellowship hall. Uh, Miss Leah has uh, the kids' ones to give out, okay? And our theme verse for this series is Psalm 4610, Be Still. Be still and know that I am God. Do you know this verse? It's about slowing down and quieting our souls so that we can be in the presence of God. Some of you have been emailing uh, me about your quiet times, what you do, thank you. Uh, And one man said that he includes singing a favorite hymn in his early morning quiet time. Gets up while it's, you know, still really early and and includes a little singing Uh, one woman said after her morning reading and prayers she likes to spend some worshipful time listening to christian music Uh, another woman says she spends uh, time with god every night under the stars in the hot tub there are all kinds of ways to do this in places Uh, last sunday uh, you considered the question what if I read a chapter of the Bible each day for the rest of my life. Well, one of our faith groups started talking about this, and they decided that they're each going to read the New Testament this year one chapter a day. Another guy told me that he's downloaded the Bible in One Year app. He and his dog listen to it every morning. The dog's getting a lot out of it, too. Many people like to have a specific prayer spot and I kind of do but personally I like to change it up too I usually go to the love seat in our home office but uh, occasionally I just sit up in bed other times I go outside for a walk one of the one of the difficulties that we may face though in our daily quiet times is just feeling like oh we're just going through the motions not getting anything out of it I don't feel anything I'm just going through the doing my duty but, and that is why it's so important for us to nurture our sense of wonder. In the, in the Lectio 365 app, it opens uh, every morning with a centering prayer. And so here it is. Um, As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses on the presence of God. And I find that this prayer is helpful to me every morning. Now, it's helpful doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, You know, and so how do I do that? Well, I might might, uh, imagine myself as Isaiah. You know, Isaiah chapter 6, he receives a vision of the Lord, high and exalted, seated on the throne of the heavenly temple. And angels called seraphim are flying all around and praising God. And the sight is just so glorious in the presence of God's holiness that Isaiah is just overwhelmed and just faces his own sinfulness. Now, 
I don't usually think about that. Sometimes I do. Usually, though, I just sort of visualize as best I can the presence of God surrounding me. I might imagine a, an invisible presence that's so much bigger than I am. Now, I can't say that I usually feel it. I don't. But I believe it. Now, what I like to do is, is pray that centering prayer with you now. But I'm, you don't need to say it, okay? I'm just going to say it, so I'm going to pause, kind of go slowly and pause between phrases so that you can then pray it on your own and be in that moment. Let's try it. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still. To breathe slowly. To recenter my scattered senses. on the presence of God. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles now, shall we, to Luke chapter 10. Um, did you know, in the, I looked it up this week, in, the, in, in Luke's Gospel, in the New International Version, uh, Luke says 12 times that people were amazed by Jesus. And then three times it says they are in awe of him, and four times it says they were astonished by him. So uh, amazed, in awe, astonished. I want to bring some of that into my quiet time each day. I want to be amazed, in awe, and astonished by this great God revealed in Jesus God who is pure and perfect and powerful and who loves me even at my worst. It, uh, earlier in Luke 10, Jesus sends out 72 of his followers, 36 pairs of them. And for a limited time, Jesus gives them his authority to heal the sick and announce to them the kingdom of God. Wouldn't you love an assignment like that? Go out into the streets and pray for people in Jesus' name and you're going to see the, the, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear and tell them that God is showing up to establish a new order on the earth. So let's start with verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Wow! I added that part. Wow, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They, they never imagined they'd be doing anything like this. So God is doing a wow thing, and they are filled with wonder. 
And, of course, Jesus is excited about it, too. That's why he sent them out. He's like a coach who's just, his team has just knocked out this rival from the tournament, you know. Verse 18, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Wow. And then he ends this wow verse in 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will be able to harm you. FYI, snakes and scorpions here probably represent Satan and his demonic allies. Okay? And I can imagine all those 72, they come back together to Capernaum and they're, they're having a big rally for the kingdom, shouting, God's new kingdom's coming true. I'm with Jesus. How about you? Or something like that. But Jesus wants them to focus on the greatest wow of all. Verse 20. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound to save a wretch like me. On the morning of Wednesday, February 8th, a Christian college in Kentucky held its usual chapel service in their auditorium. It's called Hughes Auditorium. It wasn't a particularly moving service. The guy who was the speaker said he didn't think he did all that well. But a few students decided to stay afterwards to pray. It was all very ordinary. But over the next hour or so, there at Asbury University, something extraordinary began to happen. Now, Trish and I ascended, uh, we attended Asbury Seminary across the street from Asbury University. So we have some connections there. And uh, we, we followed what was happening on social media. The worship continued around the clock for two weeks. Now, every person was not there around the clock. I mean, people came and went, but... Um, it continued around the clock in Hughes Auditorium and eventually in other locations uh, in the on the university and, and seminary campuses. Now, when I first heard about this, I'm going, okay, what's happening? I, was, I, was, I confess to being a bit skeptical because I know that any group of people can be swept up in a wave of emotion and herd mentality and you know how it works. And, and then I read a post from an Asbury Seminary professor he went to the auditorium for a couple hours on Friday, the third day of it. And as he, he went in the back and he slipped in the back row and sat down, he found himself immersed in the palpable presence of God. And a profound sense of peace came over him to a level that he had never experienced before. He said the impact of this will stay with him the rest of his life. This outpouring, sometimes called a revival or an awakening, has been criticized by some. But I have heard from a friend of mine who was there for part of it. And from his description, this seems like the real thing. Like an authentic 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, I would like us to watch a recently released eight-minute documentary film. So settle in, right? Uh, we've, been we've been given permission to show this film called Asbury Outpouring. Let's watch. Yeah. Can I think for like just a second? Because yeah. there's so many. How this encounter with the Holy Spirit started is um, a group of students didn't want to stop worshiping and then they received the Holy Spirit in honesty and in genuineness and um, they started sharing their testimonies and then it didn't stop. I walked um, into the chapel and saw a bunch of students um, worshiping together very um, intimately. It just, everyone was crying, hands were in the air. It was just showcasing the love of God in so many ways that I had kind of forgotten about. And um, I remember I was with a friend and we were standing in the doorway and I turned to him and I said, I don't know what they have, but whatever it is, I want this. dark and our students are hurting and they're they're lonely they're angry they're desperate and so they've been praying for change and we've had a lot of great moments on our campus great chapel services great speakers great intentionality great prayer meetings and I think after the service on this just regular chapel day God just started working in their hearts and he's been working in their hearts but they were obedient to it you know when you think about how did this start? Um, it was nothing anybody did. It was nothing Asbury did. It was nothing that Zach Meercreeps did. It was nothing that any student did. Um, you know, I believe that it was just a, like a pure and a deep cry for more of God's spirit that these students had. And look where it's gotten us. And so we have people from all over the world now. I was one of the people who stayed um, immediately after the chapel service. So we had kind of a soft ending. Um, we said people are allowed to continue to worship, um, but I just, I just continued to sit in my seat and pray and just reflect on who God was. Um, went to my 12 o'clock class, and then when I got out of class, I heard the singing, and I said, okay, that's, that's weird. Why is it still continuing? Um, so I went back up, and it, it was surreal. The peace that was in the room um, was unexplainable. And a couple of buddies and I just went to run around to the different classrooms and barged in on classes and said, revival's happening. There's been a ton of healing from church hurt and from various traumatic events. There's physical healings. There's been calls that cancer's gone. But then beyond that, something that's like I think extremely incredible is, I know this campus very well, it's small, we're less about, I guess at a thousand students, and I know exactly which people on this campus hate each other, and those are the people that I have seen praying together, singing together, hugging, crying, like I myself have had a list of least favorite people at this school, and I have spent the week with them, and it's been like totally life-changing. 
For some, it is freedom for the first time, freedom from anxiety, freedom from uh, desperation, maybe. Uh, for some, it's freedom from addiction or whatever that may be. And for others, it might be a first-time commitment or really a first-time understanding of who God truly is. I mean, for some, they're just praying for their families that addiction would be broken in the lives of their family members. So it is however the Lord is working in their individual hearts. God has a plan of redemption for our world, but God works in the lives of people and he can bring healing and he can bring peace in the, in the midst of really challenging and difficult things. He's reaching out to a lost and broken people and he's inviting them into his presence and into his peace and into his love and community here on campus and people just can't get enough of it. I feel like the first couple of days, I've just felt so much joy. Like when I'm singing, I just can't help but like, like my mouth hurts, my jaw hurts and just smiling ear to ear um, and just being filled with so much joy. And I've never really liked praying out loud in front of people, but I just felt so like bold in that, like to pray for people and allowing God to use me just to speak through me to people for what they need to hear. I used to have a really big shame about prayer. I used to, um, I never used to want to pray near people, pray out loud. Um, I had a big shame about how I sounded when I prayed. I thought I had to sound like this perfect pastor with these poetic words. That rooted itself in me at a young age. And uh, Jesus like just broke that shame of how I felt and like, and how I had put my personal image above what Jesus says about me. And Jesus says that I'm his son and I'm beloved. And that my purpose in this life is to just love him and to praise him. People have been reminded about the goodness of God and that his presence is special, that it's holy. And I think a lot of the transformation has been refocusing on Jesus. And some people have gotten healed and some people have come to Christ which are things we celebrate, but I think a lot of the times we are just so caught up in our schedules that we forget that God is always moving, and I think he's starting to intervene here. I really think that this is just a, uh, my generation and all generations just crying out for truth um, in a world that teaches relative truth and that there is no truth. There is absolutely truth. He is truth, truth. there is truth in his word, and he's, he's answering our prayers. This isn't just gonna end and everything's gonna go back to normal. Like this is changing our culture, this is changing our society, this is changing our world. The Holy Spirit's here and it's incredible what we're all learning. And Our younger generation, I'm only 18 years old and I feel like that this opportunity now has created a way of the type of man that I wanna be and the type of person that I wanna contribute to society and I feel like that's what's happening, that we're, we're learning all these good lessons and bonding so much with the Holy Spirit that it, this is creating a new wave of all young people that are gonna impact our country and the world. You can experience revival in, in any place. It doesn't have to be in a chapel. It doesn't have to be you know, in church. It's something that you can experience every day in your life. The Holy Spirit is not contained to one place. It's not fake. It's something that's real. And it's truly why we say, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't truly understand it until you actually come and taste and see for yourself. I mean, I've seen like people be healed this week. I've never thought I'd ever see that in my life. Like. We're not worshiping the healing, like that's great, and if God chooses to heal, that's amazing, and it's beautiful and wonderful, but we're worshiping the one who does heal. I think there's gonna be commissioned services where we say, thank you for coming, I'm so glad you experienced and encountered the Holy Spirit. Now go to your family, go to your school, go to your church, go to your community, and tell them about it, and pray for them, and it's gonna happen there too. So while it will fizzle at Asbury, because it simply must at some point, 
Uh, I think that it will be global for a very, very long time. As I was hearing all about this in the middle two weeks of February, um, it helped me to recognize and remember how great God is. It helped me to, to recapture the, the wonder of being in the presence of God. It has given me greater courage in my prayers and greater boldness in, in seeking the Lord's presence and power. Now, I can totally understand if your first reaction is, this is weird, you know, and, and to be skeptical, and uh, you weren't there, how do you know what happened? But I hope that you will keep an open mind and believe that God could do something like this and sometimes does. Before long, the, uh, the outpouring at Asbury uh, people from other campuses started showing up and then they would go back to their campuses and similar things would happen there. Uh, people from other countries came and experienced it and then they would go and similar things would happen where they were. Um, you know, this is not the first time this has happened at Asbury Seminary. Uh, God did a similar thing in 1970, so way long time ago. Um, and one of the seminary students who experienced it there uh, became, uh, shortly after that, a United Methodist pastor in Nebraska. And in the fall of 1972, this new young preacher was invited to be a guest speaker uh, for a small rural church to, get, to preach a series of four or five evenings uh, that week. And something happened that week that is hard to fathom. People showed up from everywhere in this little tiny rural community, packing that little church night after night. And at the end of the services, the kneeling rails were full of people praying, seeking God's salvation. And on the last night, I was one of them. It was a Jesus revolution. They didn't make a movie about it, but it was. And I stand before you today because of a wondrous thing that God did more than 50 years ago. And every day, when you have your quiet time, and you're, you're spending it alone with this awesome God, Remember that he still does wondrous things. Let's pray. And uh, I want us to, to pray that centering prayer once more. 
as I enter prayer now. I pause to be still. To breathe slowly. To recenter my scattered senses. On the presence of God. Father God, we ask that you will give us a fresh experience of how great you are, how glorious you are, how gracious you are. Fill us with a fresh outpouring of the Spirit. Give us a sense of wonder as we pause to be in your presence each day. Throughout this month, I want us to to pray together each Sunday the Methodist Covenant Prayer from John Wesley. We'll put it on the screen. Let's pray. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, You are mine, and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be confirmed in heaven. Amen. Let's stand.